show from a heavy metal perspective. From Danzig to death, to Dark Throne to Dr. Shrinker. Buckle up, things are about to get heavy. This is the Metal Podcast. Let's rock and roll. And welcome to another episode of the Metal Podcast, a show which you never know if we're going to be talking about metal or not. I am AC, and I am here with, as always, the greatest co-pilot in the history of aviation. DJ, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, thank you for that. But uh, I'm doing really well, and we do have a special guest. Yeah, why don't you just step on my toes and uh, take my job from me (laughs) when I ask you how you're doing, and then you just introduce a guest. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you today? Uh, I was doing pretty good, and now I'm a little annoyed. But, uh, you know, what else is new here? <laughs> All right, I guess, I, well, I guess, you know, since the cat's out of the bag, we, we have a, a, a guest with us this week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the, the mystical and magical Angelo Espino from Heretic. How you doing? morning fellas how you doing today well i'm better now yes no idea how heavy that man is and, and, he's a pretty he's, he's a pretty big boy yeah yeah he's you know nothing nothing to shake a stick at big boy but instead of getting into our, our normal content, a- Angelo, why don't you, why don't you just give us a, a little background? Uh, tell the people at home who, who you are and why you are. Uh, well, uh, thank you for having me once again. Uh, my name's Angelo Espino. I play bass guitar for the band Heretic. Um, I joined them in 2011 when they reformed, um, uh, came out of retirement, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, Got this thing back together. Um, uh, it was an actual uh, uh, accident. Mis- I, I, I don't know how you'd call it, um, it, it but it was it was a, a reunion um, of friends that I'm glad happened because um, it, it really uh, it connected me with some people that I've known um, since I was a teenager. You know, uh, good friends, a, a band that I always. Uh, had admiration for i was a big fan of uh back in the 80s so um uh to be a part of it uh is, is pretty exciting for me and i'm i'm stoked so when when did you first meet them actually not that i i not and to get it out of the way we we don't really do the interview i'm just curious myself so um uh one of the original guitar players bob marquez him and i have been really good friends since high school so um when he joined the band um you know i just you know him and i you know him and i were you know conjoined at the hip as 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 teenagers you know we just kind of did everything together so um i was around him and 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 the band quite a bit um you know like say growing up it was a big fan of them and uh so that's that's kind of how i got to know everybody and then like i say we all you know, pretty much grew up in the same neighborhoods. Um, so we all knew of each other. Um, but like I say, it was, um, it was, 
being friends with all the members of the bands back in the day. That's kind of how I knew everybody. So were you active in the metal world outside of being just kind of a, a fan in the eighties? Yes. Yeah. I was, you know, I, I had had my own bands uh, back at the time. Um, you know, I was in and out of, uh, out of several projects. Um, like I say, the, uh, the South Bay was an interesting hub because, um, you know, I, I guess as with anywhere you grow up, you've got clicks, you've got, you know, uh, uh, the athletes and you've got the, the, the techies and then you've got, you know, all your different groups. Well, we just happened to be, you know, the the musicians that, that we all hung out together. So, um, you know, I mean, just as kids, you know, uh, uh, members of, of, oh, God, uh, a Dark Angel. Uh, uh, That's Bullet a good band. Uh, just like I say, just, you know, all you know, all these different bands, you know, from the South Bay, um, you know, Dawkin, you know, uh, yeah, uh, Marley Crew, stuff like that. Yeah, just everybody just kind of... You know, it was just a thing. Everybody, everybody knew everybody. So you know, you just you just kind of hooked up with people, and you know, you jammed, and then you know, certain things came of it, and uh, you know, some people locked in and 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 went on to do bigger and better things and stuff. But but yeah, there's there was always music. There was always something happening musically. You know, where we where we grew up, whether it was a backyard party. Um, you know, not a lot of gigs back in those days because we were all pretty young. But uh, yeah, there was always music. There was always a music scene. So, how would you say the the music industry has changed since then? Hmm. Oh God! Well, uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, the scene. I mean. Is I, I guess there's a scene. I mean, is there a scene? If you have to ask, you know, it probably I, I, it probably isn't. You know, I mean, I hate, I hate to make myself sound that old because yeah. you know, I mean, you have I, to. I don't, you know, I don't go to clubs, bars, you know, to see gigs as as often as I probably should. But I like I said, I just remember, you know, back in you know back in the the early to mid eighties. Um, obviously we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have pagers or, or, or anything like, you know, we didn't have anything, you know, you just, everything was just word of mouth. You know, like if, if we were all hanging out, you know, today we say, Oh yeah, don't forget next Saturday, you know, so-and-so is playing at the blah, 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 blah. And it was just that word of mouth. Everybody just kind of knew where to be. And, and you, and, you know, whether you went to the, the the whiskey or the Roxy or the Country Club or the Waters Club or what whatever venue you went to CBGBs everybody was there you know yeah you, you knew everybody you knew you 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 knew um uh, uh it was like a big meeting it was just it was almost it was just like a, a big metal meeting every weekend you know and 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 like I say it was it was just fun times and and I don't know if that still happens anymore to be honest with you. Uh, metal meeting every weekend <laughs> i like that yeah i don't think there is really not on the the scale you're talking about angelo well i don't well, i don't I, think music in general ha- exists in that form like it there metal probably had the pu- punk too but punks are mostly like brain dead losers but metal was kind of the only genre that brought people together 
Like I like Depeche Mode is has more fans than probably like ninety percent of all metal bands combined. But you didn't really have new wavers like let's hey let's go to the new wave thing because that stuff was always in the mainstream. Even though I I I do love new wave music, but there was no there was no niche. There was no like this is my thing. Like like metal is my thing because. Uh, like it, there's kind of like an outcast rebel aspect to it. So when you meet other people like that, it feels more, feels more intimate than just like, yeah. Hey, you like that top 40 band that everywhere I go, I can't avoid me too. Like, <laughs> like camaraderie doesn't form o- over that. Like I used to, whenever, whenever I used to see people in metal shirts, when I was in high school or early college, I would flag them down and talk to I, I, like real metal bands, like not, not like corn or like stuff <laughs> like some that. Some of it down. Or, or yeah, or even Metallica. <laughs> like I would flag down people. That, like if I saw someone wearing an unleashed shirt, I'd be like, holy moly, like this is someone that knows. Like you don't flag someone down for, for wearing like a, an Aerosmith shirt. Yeah, I was going to say Van Halen, but yeah, same thing. Yeah. Exact same yeah, thing. No, yeah, yeah I, exactly. Exactly. You know, um, yeah, you know, and, and I, I remember being younger, you know, like if you were wearing a, a, a Venom t-shirt or a Slayer t-shirt. Come on, turn it up! Yeah, you know, some, some obscure metal band t-shirt. You got kind of excited. You're like, oh, dude, fucking cool shirt. You know, you know, stuff oh, like that. Yeah. About beat that yeah, out. So, no, it, it, yeah. And, 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 it, and it's true. <laughs> I, I think um, like when you went to shows, um, you know, especially metal shows, it was um, it was <clears throat> it was a congregation of outcasts. It was a congregation of people who um you know, who were a little rebellious, but not um, uh, uh, destructive. Like punk you know? rockers who were yeah, brain dead well, losers. You know, you, you, you wanted to go out and have a little fun and get your aggressions out and get in the, in the pit and, 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 and stuff like that. But you also, um, you were also excited to see people you know, people that you didn't hang out with all the time, you know, people that you only knew um, from getting together and, and, and going to the clubs and going to see bands play and stuff like that. So, um, like I say, it was it, it, it was a lot of fun. And like I say, it was just it was just a big, giant community of, like I say, you know, metalhead losers that that just all had one thing in common. You know, <laughs> at least they weren't brain dead. Yes. And at least they weren't brain dead. Exactly. Yes. And 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 to clarify, I do like punk music, but like if you go to a, a punk show, like e- even if you like if you've ever asked yourself like, "Am I stupid?" Like go to a punk show, and you'll be like, "Maybe I belong in Mensa." <laughs> <laughs> like I, I saw Fear when I was in high school, and ho- holy moly, the people there were so stupid. It was uh, it was really it was really actually quite embarrassing. Cause I was there with, with baby and, oh, gosh. and Scott. Yeah. And Alex Good. and, um, their friend, um, fat ginger. And we, and so I we rolled up that. and then, you know, we're the metal guys 
And then this this woman comes up. It's like, are you hippies? Like, what the hell? <laughs> what? You're dead. Yeah. Head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm here in my morbid angel shirt. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm a, I'm a hippie. Well, actually, I didn't say that. I I was I wasn't smart enough to do that. And I said, no, we're into heavy metal. And she's like, no, you look like hippie. And I was like, get, get out of here, woman. It's like, why, <laughs> yeah, like, the, why aren't you in this kitchen? The first oh, punk God. rock show that I ever went to, I saw The Clash. And that was back in 1977 or 78. Was Bruce Dickinson and, their roadie? <laughs> no, <clears throat> but <clears throat> I, um, that was the first time that I ever exp- like, like experienced like a true punk rock show. And, uh, I didn't realize that, that, that spitting at the band was, a was a, sh- a sign of admiration. And, um, is it, I, thought it was- I, I know they do it, but is it a sign of admiration? I well, uh, 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 apparently the, uh, the 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 fans in the crowd think so because it looked like it was fucking raining on stage, and I thought that was whoa was there language. They were spitting. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, have you ever have you ever listened to Henry Rollins' audiobook? No, no. I've 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 um, I'm familiar with a lot of his his his. Um, I call them power rants. I mean, because he's he's extremely. Uh, um, I make tough. Rant. I make tough guy faces and stuff. I'm Henry Rollins. <laughs> Are you ready yeah. for no, me, I, America? I, I no, I'm, I'm not. I, I I'm familiar with them, but no, I've never uh, listened to any of his uh, any of his spoken word. I highly recommend to everyone just just the get get in the van on the road with Black Flag as narrated by henry rollins i'm pretty sure it won a grammy which these days means nothing because everyone wins a grammy now but he you you can really tell how much animosity he he grew to to gain from just playing these shows and just everyone was spitting on him and he didn't like it very much he 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 was real mad. Like there was so much resentment. Have you ever seen that clip of him like beating the crap out of the the guy in the crowd? <laughs> no, but I, it, I am I you am can, familiar with the uh, what's that? You can look it up. It, it's on YouTube. You like Henry Rollin like beats up fan. Like you know he's just on stage and this guy is just messing with him. So he just grabs him and he just starts wailing on him. And it's one of those things. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm on I'm on his side for that. Like they're there. Go ahead. I sorry, think that should happen more often than not. Sometimes. No, he I agree. Didn't, uh, he didn't throw a microphone at the fan like uh, one of our friends. No, he did not throw the microphone at the at the fan like Cardi B. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he just used his fists. You know, like a, like a grown up. Take care of business. Yeah, like because you that know was, you, you go you go to put great, on a show. Though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I love the fact that she just fucking launched her. Gosh, dang it! <laughs> Stop swearing. <laughs> It's a show for children. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I was just, I, I, that was like, that was like the, the funniest thing. Just, you know, just like, what you threw what at me? Bam. I'm just like, just heaved her mic. Although I was probably an expensive mic. I don't know that I would have 
tossed that yeah. into the crowd, but uh, we, I hope she got it back. Well, we did ask if uh, if she hit the intended person she was trying to. Yeah, that's the real issue. I didn't I didn't I didn't even think about that. No, I, I think she put I think she put um, um the microphone for sale for like like yeah. f- like a couple hundred thousand dollars after the show. Why not, man? <laughs> well, you know, Kurt Schilling selling his, you know, his, his bloody <laughs> sock, then you know Cardi B <laughs> selling the bloody mic. There you go. There's pieces of brain splatter on this. Yeah, it, it, it's just, there's like a disclaimer on it. Like, didn't even hit intended victim. <laughs> Once in a lifetime. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I do think um, more more people should be able to, to get away with something like that. Because if, if you assault me, like, I should be able to defend myself. Like that, that where we are at the point where someone can assault you. And if you defend yourself, then you're the aggressor. Well, you know what? And, and it, it's, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like the fans are setting a precedent, you know, like, like, Hey, I, I, I spent my money to come and see you. I can fucking, oh, sorry. I can do whatever. <laughs> It's the last I one you get. We're fining you. you know, I, it gives me, you know, like my ticket gives me carte blanche to say or 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 treat you any way that I want because I paid to come and do it. You know. Well, it's not just fans. It, it's it, it's it's pretty much um, the 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 victims have like people that are victims have found a way to make themselves into both simultaneous aggressors and victims where they Mm. come out on top. Now, see, here's Mm -hmm. the thing. If you threw a mic at someone, you'd get busted, but Cardi B is worth millions of dollars. So she can afford to, um, be given accolades for doing it. Where if, if someone is messing with you, like, you know, imagine you're, you're just at your job. You're doing your, your regular job, not, not as a musician, but you know, you're, you're working as, Mm -hmm. uh, as a loan officer or whatever. And then someone comes in and they're like spitting on you and yelling at you. And they're throwing like, like beer cans at you. Like you, you, you should be allowed. And (laughs) and this is a, this is a new, uh, development because originally you could defend yourself and you could explain, I felt in danger for my life. I did not know what this person was going to do. So I had to subdue them to get out of danger. And, and that used to be accepted where now it's like, you just push someone that like they can crack you over the head with, with like a sock full of batteries. And then you just, you just push them. And then now, Oh, you've committed assault and battery. Well, we didn't see the person swing the sock full of batteries. It's like, well, here they are on camera doing it. Well, we can't prove that that's them, but you definitely pushed them. <laughs> See, everything's yeah, backwards. Um, well, you know what? And, and, and I, I think that kind of goes back to, you know, being accountable for your own actions. And I don't think a lot of people are. I don't think a lot of people, um, you know, they, 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 they do things... Um, but blame other people for them. 
you know, a societal type of thing. Oh, well, you know, you know, this is going on, blah, 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 you know. It's just, there's a, a you're right, there's a lot of backwards ways of, of, of thinking and responding to certain things, and I don't know. Well, I, I, I think people have been taught not to be accountable. Like, nothing, nothing is their fault. Like, it, this all started really in the 90s. With, because you know they, they used to do this thing, and I think you you have to you have to have some nuance in certain things to to help people with serious problems, like like with alcoholism, like oh you know it you have a disease, uh, it's not your fault. A disease, yeah, a disease, Stan. <laughs> but that that's done to help people with serious problems get over that, and then that started being applied to everything. And then everything got turned into a problem instead of actually dealing with behavioral issues. They just started ignoring them and that gave rise to a, a like multi generations of people that do not have any accountability and they they blame everything else. And that that's essentially where we're at now where the the nuts are running the nut house. <laughs> like that that there's no better way to put it that's a good way to look at it yeah i think you're right because if you just act normal you're treated as a freak but now like like give yourself as many mental ailments as possible and then you're special where in reality that should be seen as a negative thing like if, if someone is crazy like they should be locked up that's not you know, a good thing. You know, I actually ran into something kind of, I think it's, I think this is connected with the whole mental health thing, but I've noticed that. So have you, are you guys familiar with the movie shallow Hal? and that there was like a, a backup. Yeah, yeah. There was like a backup uh -huh. act actress to Gwyneth Paltrow. That was, I, just I honestly didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was just a, her in a fat suit the whole time. Yes. And then anyways, they're like, Oh, well this actress, you know, um, ended up with like this eating disorder and now, and I was like, okay, wait, hold on. She didn't have an eating disorder before. Uh, well, that was kind of getting to that. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> now <laughs> you know how it feels. <laughs> it doesn't, I don't like it very much. Um, but yeah, she, so it was like, I was like, well, what eating disorder did she have? It's like, and the person looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, well, was it bulimia, anorexia? I'm like, no, it's just an eating disorder. I'm like, well, what was the eating disorder that caused her to be, you know, like 500 pounds? But I think they're just trying to label that as like a mental health issue as well. And I'm like, well, there's multiple eating disorders. And why do we usually just talk about like people losing weight as an eating disorder compared to people who gain hundreds of pounds or engorge themselves by eating so much? I just thought that was kind of a backwards kind of kind of thing. Well, here, here's the real question. Because there, there is a big emphasis on mental health and, and getting people like therapy and all this stuff. Why is everybody crazy? <laughs> See, A Angelo, you're, no, you're, you're, you're a few years older than us. How many crazy people were like when you were in your like teens and twenties, how, how often did you see like swaths of crazy people? <clears throat> you know what? I, I, I mental health issues have been going on for years 
Um, I think, I think because one, we're overpopulated. Um, two, um, the 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 unemployment rate, um, homeless rate, um, is skyrocketing, and I think I think it's hard. It, it, life is hard. I mean. I struggle every day just to get up, get out of bed and, 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 you know, get to the grind. (laughs) Yeah. Go do the things that I need to do to, you know, to, 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 you know, to, uh, maintain a healthy, um, you know, physically and mentally lifestyle. Um, and I can see how easy it would be to spiral out of control. You mean, no doubt. Like, you know, like, like, like if I, if I lost my job, you know, and, and I didn't get one in time, I could see how things would snowball. And, and I think that, you know, uh, 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 finances, you know, definitely lead to a lot of, you know, mental instabilities. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, I mean, obviously there, there are hundreds of, uh, of, of, reasons or things that could that could you know that can put you that way but i you know, like i say i think you know uh, um population being one um uh i don't think there's a lot of support for the uh for the mentally uh, uh unstable but um, there but there's like there's like better help and there's like constant ads for therapy i think there's more support for mental health than almost anything else like we have access but, to everything that we need. Sure, well, I think, when, you know, yeah. um, you know, like I say, and and, and and I don't know because I'm not a therapist. I'm not, you know, I'm not a doctor. But um, you told me you were. I, I, <laughs> no, I just play one on TV. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, no, I, like I say, I you know, it it's hard. Um, um. You know, a lot of you know, a lot of people who are on meds say that that they don't like the way they they feel. That make them feel different. They make them feel sluggish, and and they, you know, um, so like I say, I I don't know. Um, you know, I I I I don't know what the answer is. Um, but yes, there there is a, there is a huge uh, mental health issue in 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 this in this country. Um, I actually don't I, think I, it's well, population. Secure, you know. You know, get everybody to a metal show. <laughs> you know that that would that would cure some of it. Well, here here's the thing. Well, yeah, and and again, I I don't think population's an issue because China does not have uh, the problem that we do. And China is like insanely overpopulated. Or Same with India. Yeah. Not not that those countries don't have problems, and they do. They have like very very serious problems, but but mental health doesn't seem to be uh, a problem there. Uh, I think the real problem is is the the isolation. Like like people are are not social anymore. Every all their social interactions, they're all digital. Yeah. And and it it is great that we have access to digital tools that allow us three to connect this way. And it is a mm-hmm. good tool, but it's it's a tool. It, it should be used as any other tool. It, it's something to help make. Uh-huh what you do easier yes and and people do not have those real life connections anymore and that's what's really missing and when i bring up like the the metal thing there there the metal scene now is not what it was 
you know, 30 years ago. And that's just because it, well, I guess not even 30 years ago, I had 35 years ago, almost 40 years ago. And it, it's just because pe- people are different. People have been raised differently. People have been conditioned to believe certain things. And it, it really, uh, it affects them really negatively, but there is an actual want for, for metal. Like people want to seek that out. Like I've, I've said this and I'll keep saying it. There are no fans of rap. People listen to rap because it's widely available, but people hear metal and it appeals to them. Like, Oh, this is a thing. And I want this to be my thing. And and I, you know, there probably are a few people that do that for rap, but rap is not special because it's the norm and metal has never really been the norm. There was, there was a little window in time when metal was popular and it was a, but it was very, very small window. And then it really did get shut by the black album because after that it, it became about, okay, let's, Let's try to, it's not even about marketing. It really isn't marketing, but it was just like, let's shift our, our fans into this because there's no reason that people wouldn't have long hair and leather jackets. Like the grunge people still dressed like that. They just listen to slower music. Yeah. 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 That, that, that is, that is true. It's, it's, it's not like, well, we need to, this to change. Cause if, if someone showed you a picture of uh, Exodus in 1986 or Soundgarden in 1991, like you would, you would not be able like, which one of these is the metal band? You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to tell. You'd be like, they look the same to me. Like, sure. You could tell the difference between Cinderella and, and Nirvana, <laughs> but that, that was also like another subsect, like the normal metal people, they grew their hair out because they were rebelling. They wore leather jackets because that was reminiscent of the bikers that were also their own version of rebels. It, that's what it was all about. But the, the rebels basically won and then they took over the culture. So there's nothing really to rebel against now, unless you just want to be like a normal person. See, when you talk about the, how like life <laughs> is hard, uh, you're coming at it from the perspective of an adult with responsibilities. Those right. aren't really the people that have the mental health issues. The people with the mental health issues are the people <laughs> with the least amount of responsibilities yeah. on the planet. That's true. <laughs> and, and I don't think a lot of them have mental health issues. I think that's a trend what like that. Excuse. That's what gets them attention. Because the thing is, if any one of us like slashed our wrists or drank, uh, uh, a bottle of, of uh, rubbing alcohol or, or did you say, did you say Hennessy? <laughs> like, you said yeah. rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Like I'm talking about things that would like kill you. Okay. Yeah. Like if well, any of us did that, pe- every, you know, people in our lives would reach out and try to like, okay, something is wrong. We need to do that. So there, there is a, a human empathy that goes towards people that are hurt that are near you. So if someone is struggling mentally, okay, well, they may hurt themselves and I want to help that person. So now everybody is, is struggling mentally. And I just call BS. I think most of these people are not struggling. Like there, there's someone that I know that is like, like always in therapy and like always doing these things. It's like, and then like, if you were to look at their life, 
you would say, what's the problem? And now someone might come in to say like, well, you don't know what's going on. It's like, well, if you were to look at it, you would see nothing is going on. People have been conditioned to be crazy and they've been separated from actual human interaction, like regular human interaction. That makes people normal. Like what, what's more fun than going to a barbecue and seeing normal people and just hanging out? No, that's a, I mean, that, that's a, a good way to look at it, but I, I, I feel unless you're suffering from some sort of mental health. Now, now, is it a bit of a, tr- I think it's a trend with, with some of the younger people because I'm starting to see more and more. That, that's what I'm referring you know, to. Yeah. I'm starting to see more and more younger homeless people um you know um well how many of them are uh, drug addicts also that's yeah. another thing with iphones with yeah, I, well, that's it, weird too it could it could be but no i i um just you know some of the areas that 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 i'm in you know throughout my 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 daily journeys um uh you know it takes me into to, to you know Culver City and and Venice and 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 you know Inglewood parts oh, of Compton and Watts and stuff like that and and um, <clears throat> no definitely over over the last ten years I've seen the the homeless population um, got almost quadruple you know you know to whereas ten years ago you might see a couple of of of, of tents or homeless people sleeping mm-hmm. at bus stops now it's like entire blocks it's new I mean, cities it's, essentially yeah, yeah yeah you know and um you know like i say i, I, I things are rough uh 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 the cost of living is is, is high yes um, it's <laughs> rough i mean it really is it it's tough to 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 make it today um especially if you don't have a good support system but um but yeah well, you need I friends for I, that you know, I think you, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, a little bit, a little bit of it could be laziness. Um, um, you know, just that, that flip it, you know, fucking you owe me type of thing. All right. That's um, a dollar yeah. you're putting in the swear jar. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you guys have, have experienced this or noticed this, but I kind of, I've seen this like victim mentality played out in the kind of like a different way. Like I know, like there's been you know like last year the last few years have been a lot of like wildfires um in like northern california I know this person that like they lived maybe like an hour away from the the wildfires and they're like i'm a i'm a wildfire survivor i'm like well what and they're like did you have to leave your house like no but i'm a wildfire survivor and they were serious so last week we had a, a hurricane warning so now i'm going to tell people i'm a hurricane survivor <laughs> <laughs> i i know some people that do that and they they do yeah. that with with well, no well they do what you do oh yes like they do that like i'm a, a this event survivor yeah but be, no they're being like because well, tr- tr- i know i know you're making I'm fun of guy. people that, that yeah but tr- yeah trauma actually causes uh mental problems but people don't have the mental problems so they find the way to to astroturf their own because yes there are people that have genuine mental problems like there are people that have post-traumatic stress disorder 
but people don't get post-traumatic stress disorder because they witnessed a car crash. Not they were in one, they witnessed one. I, and I've met people <laughs> that do that. That's where we're at is, yeah, is, no, is right. because there are actual problems, people internalize that. And the, the, there is a weird thing with, with the homeless where 90% of people are homeless. Well, this is probably not true now, but, uh, like five, five years ago, the stat was 90% of homeless people are homeless for two months. And, and like, they just like, Oh, this is a, a rough patch, but, uh, with a little family friend support, they get back on their feet and they get a new job and then they pull it back together. And the other 10%, like those were the mentally ill and there really was not a homeless problem in the country until like 1986. And that's when they started. And when I say problem, I mean, just existing at all. Like you would very rarely see a homeless person. And then now if you go to a major city and you don't see a homeless person, like you are dreaming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we just got back from uh, uh, a trip to San Francisco recently. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> and, see and, Dark and, Angel, right? Yeah, yeah, as a matter of fact. That's a but, good uh, band. Mm-hmm. band oh, Wolf. my God. The, the show was absolutely phenomenal. They were they were amazing. But, uh, um, you know, and, and, and I'd been to San Francisco, you know, many times over the years, and I just don't remember it being as bad as it was it's a dystopia it's literally a dystopian hellhole there's no other way to put it now because i went to san francisco like 20 years ago and i thought it was great oh it, it was it was one of my favorite places to go visit i i absolutely love it up there but my goodness it's just but it's 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 that way everywhere i mean go to go to any go major to city yeah well, you know, like, and like I said, you know, just, just in my daily travels through, you know, just, you know, some of the, the, the local cities that I live in, um, you know, I mean, hell, if I were homeless, I'd probably want to live on Venice Beach, too, for crying out loud. But, um, but yeah, it, it, it is, it is a, it is a problem that, that, that needs to seriously be addressed. Yeah. Well, this, this is the real problem is whenever people try to address these with serious solutions, they get ignored, but that, that is, that is another issue. The, the real issue was they closed all the, the state-run mental asylums. Mm-hmm. And that was a direct result of that, that movie where Jack Nicholson played a crazy guy. One um, flew over the cuckoo's nest? Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Um, the chief? That, yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> threw like a, like a drinking fountain through a window. <laughs> yeah, that's a good but one. Yeah, they, they, they closed all the mental health as, uh, asylums. And then they just let a bunch of crazy people onto the street because people really thought idea. like the public really thought that they, these state run mental asylums, they, they were just like torture pits. And like, you have to be so insane to think like, okay, maybe it happened at one place, but you know, there's schools that have a, a, a systemic abuse. Does that mean we should close every public school? Yeah, right yeah you you'd have to be like you'd have to have no common sense at all to draw that conclusion but people did with mental health asylums and that's what they need like they don't need like there there's cities out there where like i I think 
Oh gosh, Seattle. <laughs> they're they're offering free sterilized syringes for homeless people to use heroin safer. Like they're spending millions of dollars mm-hmm. to tr- basically make it more comfortable to be homeless instead of actually <laughs> treating them. Well, they want yeah. them homeless longer than two months, apparently. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> hey, well, yeah, and the, the mission a- accomplished, accomplished on, on that front. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not one of those things where I, I at this point you you cannot say it's incompetence. Like, let's say that like the the homeless issue is new, and then they're trying this, that, and whatever, and it's not working. They and then dump they try a ton of money thing. into it. Exactly, but they've been well funded, (laughs) and they've been doing it for decades. Yes, so it's clearly it's it's not incompetence. It 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 is it is malicious, and you you have you you have to acknowledge that it is malice because people are being affected by it. Like there's um doesn't San Francisco have an app to show which places have the most human feces on the ground so you know what? where where to watch your step I, where to avoid yeah i don't that i don't know but uh, uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past me you know i can't remember which city it is i i think it's san francisco it might it might please report feces here on the app like a crash <laughs> on uh, this on the on the maps or whatever exactly <laughs> right. uh, crash is the fecal matter still here <laughs> But it hasn't. Now, are you sure it wasn't dog fecal matter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But one oh, of those cities, man. yeah, they they have an app for um like tourists to to avoid which areas have the most like for foot traffic. And so instead of like doing anything about it, like oh well, there's an app to show you where to watch your step so you don't step oh, in in like hepatitis poop. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that that's just kind of uh, disgusting thinking of it. <laughs> that's yeah, progress for you. <laughs> yeah, and and and, and it it's affecting it's affecting residents and tourists. So it's it's not just like well, you don't have to look at them. Well, a lot of them are violent and dangerous. Maybe you know, young people on their iPhones like playing Candy Crush all day. You know, they're probably not hurting anyone. But that's have- not all of them. There's there are a lot of homeless people that do freak out and go crazy because they're not just like homeless with schizophrenia. Like a lot of them are like they're on crystal meth or they're on crack, they're on mm-hmm. heroin, fentanyl, and and they they are dangerous. They need a fix. Yeah, no, they they'll ab- pull absolutely. They'll pull a sharp weapon on you and they'll try to rob you. Well, um, and and. I know recently um, there have been um, homeless people just like, you know, attacking random people just walking down the street, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And like I say, you know, having a homeless problem is, is, is a problem to begin with. But if you've got, you know, m- mentally disabled people, you're just randomly attacking innocent victims you know walking down the sidewalk um not saying that that now it has to stop because it, this is something that should have been taken care of something that should have been looked at a long time ago but now you're endangering society and and you have to do something about it 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and people, people know about this ever. And the, the people in power know about it and the people in power know that it is what their constituents want dealt with. Like there's no one that says, look, I want these people to be as comfortable on the streets as possible because if you are given, um, I don't know, as many resources as you need without having a, a car or uh, an indoor domicile, you could make yourself pretty comfortable as far as sleeping arrangements, like with a pillow and a sleeping bag and, and maybe whatever. But, the, you know, there's a cap on that comfort. No one wants to be homeless, even if you get a clean blanket every night and a, a good pillow. It's, it, it's, it's bad for everybody. And it, it also, this is another thing that makes people more crazy because you have to live in fear. Like, okay, so, uh, I don't want to go to that part of town because a homeless person is going to break into my car and I'm going to have to pay 500 bucks to get the, the window replaced. If they don't kill me. If yeah, well, or, well, I assume yeah, they, well, I'm assuming you're, you're going to that part of town to be in a, a public safe area, but you leave your car unattended. Okay. Yeah. 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 But of course, yeah. Like any major city walking around at night, like, well, uh, some, some homeless guy might, oh, he's probably just going to come up to me and, and stab me. And then I'm just going to be thrown into a ditch. <laughs> you know how crazy that is like someone gets killed by a homeless person and then just the murder just goes unsolved I'm sure it happens a lot more than we know about oh of course it does what, what, what was the number of murders that went unsolved I think, like, I think it was like 70% of murders in the yeah. country go unsolved and, and a lot of these homeless people they're killing each other and, and like I, I I want to like I, part of me does have sympathy for homeless people, but they are, they are genuinely a menace to society. Like they, the, the solution that, that doesn't mean just, um, put them all on a boat and then sink the boat, but them being on the street, like you, you can't say like, oh, don't you have sympathy for your fellow man? It's like, well, do you have sympathy for Richard Ramirez? Do you have sympathy for, for Jeffrey Dahmer? You have sympathy for Gary Ridgway? <laughs> not, yeah, not really. Um, you know, uh, and, and yes, and, and this is true, but you have to look at each individual case. Like, it could be some, you know, some uh, 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 some single mom who, 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 who whose husband was a deadbeat and, 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 and fucking never right, it's gave dollar. her any, any assistance, you know, <laughs> and, and she loses her job. Next, you know, her, she's living in her car. Um, uh, you know, like I say, it's some people are forced into it, which is the sad part. But and that's a minority, it, though. That's a small that's amount. It's, it's, it's hard to di differentiate. You know, when you're looking at a homeless encampment, which one of them are there because they want to be there? Which one of them are there because they're just, you know, they're, they're strung out druggies? Which one of them are there that are, which one of, of them are there because they do have uh, mental issues, serious mental issues that, that have gone unaddressed? And which ones are there just because 
they're forced into that lifestyle. They're forced, you know, they're, they don't have money. They don't have resources. They don't have a friend to lean on. And, 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 and you know, like I say, um, but yes, I, I, I think more often than not, I think it's most of the people who are, are, are homeless choose to be choose to be live that lifestyle well i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna push back on on that looking at it the uh, individual cases because at a certain point that's that's a um that's a roadblock that's preventing like genuine progress because the word progress is is being used as a cudgel to to prevent actual progress and everyone knows this progress basically means enabling homelessness but like the the single mom with the deadbeat dad, that one or deadbeat husband, that one's almost certainly in that the two months thing because there are enough social programs to to help like single women to who who are with victims no of a, who are victims of abuse. Like you, mm-hmm. you there there yeah. are plenty of programs to help people like that. That's a small minority, and those are those are just short term problems that usually can be solved. The, the real problem is um, people not doing anything about it and being punished for doing anything about it. Because when you have all these tents up, uh, like, look into the cities that have them, and I, I, I will bet you there are laws that prevent you from doing anything. Like if someone is living in a tent on the sidewalk, you are not allowed to to, to tear that tent yes, down. Yeah. I guarantee you they're like laws were passed to you know, prevent the disruption of these homeless societies, yeah. which, and, and then some of those people may not be a problem, but it doesn't matter because one, you can fix the ones that aren't the problem. And two, the ones that are the menace are, they're only going to get worse and it's going to create more menaces and it's going to affect someone's life directly. So we, we mm-hmm. can't look at it as an individual issue at this point. Like we're past that. Like it need it needs to be addressed on mass and, and everybody that can be helped, well, they can get help. And then everybody that either doesn't want or can't be helped. Those are the ones that need to be put somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it, it used to be illegal to be homeless. And then once, you know, these, these lawyers got together and say, Hey, it's a, um, civil rights or type of yeah. issue. Um, you know, they, they lobbied and they got this passed that, you know, you know, let them live wherever guess where they turned up like the next day, once it was legal to be homeless, right on the court. Uh, oh, yeah, city hall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, what did we do?" Like the the lawyers, they at, knew what they did. You know, they knew what they did. <laughs> they got paid yeah. for doing it. Yeah, but but it's like you didn't have a homeless problem until yeah. you made it a problem. Yeah, by, by making by legalizing it, and it was and done in the name of progress. Yep, yep. And all, and how many lives have been ruined by it? Because. If, oh, yeah. if, if you have someone with like, here's the thing, like we, we all do need to take care of each other. We do need to, mm-hmm. to have a community like we, like, and I, I am for welfare and, and these are the people that need the welfare. Like this is where welfare needs to be going because let, let's say like I have a, a mentally ill person in my family. Well, I could care for them, but if I have four mentally ill people in my family. I can't care for all of them. And no, that, right. and we, we do need those asylums for that, for that reason, because 
we we can only do so much but this is this the, the real problem that i'm really seeing is there are no real connections anymore like people are not bonding because they're what is there to bond over? Like what, what, what are, are the, like the it things, like what's hip and, and what's cool that kids can glob onto. Cause it, well, this now, kind of, yeah. well, I was going to uh, say now it's politics and that's not, that's more divisive, but it's, but it's <laughs> not, it's not so much that it's politics because the thing is everything has been politicized. So it's okay. like surface level, it's politics. Like, Video games are political now. Like if you like that, <laughs> yeah. that newest Harry Potter game, you're like, you're like a racist, sexist, homophobe or something. There's like some <laughs> stupid controversy. It's, like, it's Harry Potter. <laughs> it's Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, like there, there, there's, there's no thing for, for kids to bond over. So now like, instead of like finding themselves and like, here's a thing to craft my identity around they do whatever is, is like pushed onto them. And right now what's pushed onto them are, are mental disabilities. So people claim it. And, and, and this, I genuinely believe metal was killed because this was a plan. The plan was to isolate everyone. And I, I think in a, a genuine free market in a vacuum, Metal would be the dominant form of music on the planet. And I don't say that because like, well, I like metal because there are things that I like. Uh, I like nine inch nails. I think in a vacuum, you would not have industrial music be the dominant music. I, I think that appeals to a very, very niche type of person, but metal is creative and especially thrash metal, like that, that's, that's the thing there. Mm -hmm. it's, death metal and black metal are not very appealing to people, but the thrash drum beat, it yeah. is catchy. It gets, gets, gets your toes tapping, you know, get your fingers snapping, get your hands a clapping. You know, it, it does everything. Groovy, man. Yeah. I wouldn't use that word because, you know, I'm not a hippie <laughs> as established earlier, <laughs> but like the, the thrash drum beat, it, it's, it's really appealing. And the technicality, the, the, the creative musicianship, it all flows together. Like it, it, it appeals to so many different facets. Now I'm sure there's a lot of bands out there with really stupid lyrics, but there, there are a lot of cool lyrics out there as much crap as I give Metallica. I genuinely like James Hetfield's lyrics. I think he is a very good lyricist. And I think he's been mostly consistent with that for, you know, the 40 years of Metallica. So and that's pretty, and that's pretty difficult too, to, um, to not, I mean, cause you, I mean, you think about it and, and I'm just going to use Judas Priest as an example, because that was my favorite band growing up as a kid. I've just, I was just a massive priest fan. And when they got into that, into that commercial phase that right Turbo. around a uh, plant tree. Um, and I know cause Rob's always had some pretty interesting lyrics, you know, he's always wrote some pretty oh, yeah. cool stuff. And I noticed that's about the time that, that, that he was writing about, uh, you know, um, you know, well, hot rock and working out and, you know, just, just yeah. nonsensical things that, that, that 
didn't really make you think anymore. You know, like I say, you know, like a, a good lyricist will make you like really think about the lyrics. Whereas, like you know, if you're, you know, uh, writing, you know, poppy type of, you know, commercial uh, uh, driven hoes and area codes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 ludicrous. Yeah, you. I think you you lose a little bit of uh, 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 of of your. I don't know. Uh, uh, well, there's an intellectual aspect that comes to it. Like people you. look that's, at that's, lyrics that's, and they're like, "Oh, this is actually this is interesting. This is cool." I and like it's it. an art too, as well. It's like a separate art from the music art. And yeah, I, I pissed. Off, I pissed off a vocalist years ago one day because <laughs> we, we we had a song. You know, we wrote it was pretty, you know, pretty heavy up tempo tune and blah blah blah, and 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 he was having trouble writing the lyrics of the song, and and he was trying to tell a story, and and I looked at him, I says, dude, I go, just fucking put cold words down, Three nobody dollars. fucking gives a shit what the singer says anyway. Oh, he got fucking furiously pissed Five. at me. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so never, yeah, never, 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 never tell a singer that. Yeah, not, dude, nobody fucking pays attention to what you're saying. Six dollars. Like, yeah, <laughs> as long as it sounds good, hey, just fucking go with it, right? Seven. No, I, and I, and and I do agree with that because there there's certain bands. Do, do you like uh, the band Bush? Uh, Gavin Rosdale. Yeah. Bush. Yeah, yeah, another yeah, another good band. Yeah, I I think his lyrics are intentionally nonsensical. Because if you if you read most of his lyrics, it, it makes zero sense. Because uh, like when I first heard the song "Come Down," I'm like, okay, this is clearly about heroin, and then uh, apparently it's not. So it's just like, okay, so now these are just words that mean nothing. But he, he strung them together stylistically because the, the that's that's the the draw is the nonsense is his gimmick, but the words are just there. So you have something to sing to with the catchy music. The, the words don't always matter, but when they do matter, that's an extra thing. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's literally, it's, it's everything. Okay. It all, it all comes together. It, it's, it's, um, it, it's what they call a perfect storm. Ooh. You know, when you, when you have this, 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 and this, and they're all good on their own and they come together and then they all, it all works. It makes it that much more elevated. Like you, you could have a, a band, like, let's say you, you got some killer riffs, some really good drums. Uh, you got a really cool bass line, some, just some shredding leads. And then the lyrics are just like the, the bare minimum of words that sound like they're rhyming. And then that doesn't matter, especially when you get into like death metal lyrics or sorry, death metal vocals. And you can't tell what someone's saying, like obituary. They didn't have lyrics in the beginning. <laughs> like if no one could tell what you're saying it doesn't matter but when it does matter it's it's you know icing on the cake we were and, in a band where we would do that uh, our yeah. singer would just show up and he <laughs> never came to practice <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's true we yeah we experienced <laughs> and not only <laughs> T- so we'll tell that story before we go to break. But yeah, we were in a band. Not only did we have a singer that didn't have, he didn't know the words. He never even heard any of the songs. No. So, so how, 
So, so, so what, what did he just like, like fucking come in and like, hey, dog. <laughs> yeah, no, he would just go, <laughs> like, that's how he would do it to the, yeah. he would like, he would Great. improv essentially. And he quit on us because he didn't want to do it anymore. I guess it was too much time. Uh, well, you know, yeah. he, he did, he did say, he want to be professional about it. He, well, he, he did he didn't feel he, professional just showing up. Well, he did say eventually, he said the reason that he quit was he, he said that he felt like at that point he, we didn't need him and we could do everything ourselves. I'm like, all right, that that's, that's fair. A nice because compliment. It was a good cope from, from his part. Yeah. But, but it was funny because he did say some words like <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And then I, and I would use those occasional words to string the rest of the song together. <laughs> So, you know, he, he would create a vocal pattern live and, uh, you know, I just, that would become kind of the blueprint for, for what the song eventually would become just fill in the words later. You know, I yeah. know that, uh, John Bush would do that. He would like hum the song. Hey, like, hey, hey, mm-hmm, hey, hey. And then, yeah. then they're like, what are you saying? He's like, uh, yeah, that's, and that's like, how last, last home came up. And then he's like, I've never been on a train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never know where these lyrics come up. But. I was fucking bored. I really didn't feel Nine. like singing, so I just ah, 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 hey, uh-huh. hey. there you go. That's all. That's that's half my backing vocals, you know. Yeah, you're a great backup vocalist. Yeah, I just yeah. Or sometimes I'll just walk up to the mic and I nothing comes out, and I'm just fucking like <laughs> it looks 10. like I'm fucking belting out some lyric. Like, dude, that guy's fucking pounding out. Well, like, no, I'm fucking. Just, I'm, I'm fucking. I'm, I'm just faking 40. it, dude. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. All right. So we're we're gonna we're gonna go to break here. What 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 song do you got for us? You get one. Uh, okay. Let, let's you go. Now on. Trial of the War is always a good one. That, that, I think that's a good anthem for us. All right, perfect. All right, that there it is. Child of War, and we will see you on the other side of the break.
Thank you, Angela, for that. And, you know, we haven't gotten into, um, Angela, I know you have uh, big news about your documentary that you are involved in, and it's been sold out. It's uh, Don't Turn Your Back, the heretic story um, with Tanner Poppet as the director. But do you remember when we were, um, you know, driving around searching for a theater and checking it out? Um, it was pretty funny because they actually they, they showed us as me angelo tanner and his dad um we're booking the venue and the guy's showing us and everything like checked out was great and then as we're like kind of just talking to the guy uh the manager or whatever someone comes up to him is like oh there's no sound in theater eight so so hopefully they don't put us in that premiere for for theater eight but yeah, yeah like timing exactly. jackass <laughs> you know what though I, I i did find out i did so 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 yes um i I'm, I'm i'm super stoked about it and and for those of you who may not know it what what dj is referring to um is uh everything he just said uh tanner poppet um uh amazing guitar player and and vocalist for the uh for the uh uh, uh thrash metal band madrost um approached uh, approached me about a year ago um yeah, you know, he's always been a, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's always been a, f- a fan he's always you know uh, 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 i always i've looked at him as a friend you know since since i met him i, I remember the first time that i saw them play i was like oh Holy cow! That little tiny dude right there is angry as fucking. Mm-hmm. Side. Oh God! Oh. 16, 16. Oh. <laughs> as angry as you know what inside, man. I can't believe that that little dude just has that voice coming out of him. Um, I, 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 it almost kind of makes me laugh sometimes. <laughs> you know, that's you. You're, you. That's you. But um, no, no, I guess say so. We 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 hit it off like the first time we met. Uh, we we hit it off, and and we've we've been close ever since. Um, um, he approached me about a year ago and says that he he wanted to do, uh, you know, uh, get into making um uh, documentaries, music documentaries, and right. I said, well, that's rad, you know. He goes, well, I want to start with you guys, and I go, that's stupid. It's stupid. Nobody gives a shit about. Her- I told him that too. No. <laughs> Nobody cares about heretic. Oh We're just God. some has been banned from the eighties. He's like, oh, dude. He goes, if it wasn't for you, you know, like you know, heretic and reverend, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, yes, in, reverend. In blah 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 blah. And I'm like, going, dude, that that is so rad. So I kind of half ass took him serious because uh, I'm like thinking, okay. you know, he wants to make a document about, and I and I I, I think, I think that's how cynical I am. Is like, like. You want to make a document about us, you know, you know, and that that like 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 nobody cares who Heretic is. I mean, well, like I say, well, not with that. You guys, you guys sold well, out. No, 
and like I said, this is like I said, this this is this is just me. You know, like I said, this right. is just me thinking and stuff like that. I mean, but but obviously, I wouldn't have you know uh, joined the band. Um, uh, heck, twelve years ago now. God, it's twenty twenty three. So yeah, I joined in two thousand eleven. So um, uh, I you know I, I wouldn't have joined the band twelve years ago. Um, uh, put out two records and you know in the studio you know finishing up the third since the band's um um since the band uh, uh reformed um if i felt that way truly inside you know but but, but like I, I i am a very humble person i i you know um i'm not really an attention seeker um you know, maybe when I was younger doing this, yeah. But like, say now, you know, now that 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 I'm I'm 59 years old, um, I'm still able to make music with some of my best friends. So yeah, it, it's it's very humbling when 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 people like you guys, you know, you reach out. Hey, we want to we want to do an interview. We want to do a podcast. We want to do this that. The well, fact you're that a cool dude, interested. <laughs> Yeah. Um, a lot of people okay. have asked to be on our show, good. by the way. Yeah. That are, it, gives, it gives you something to work towards, you know, and yeah. and um, yeah. So, like I say, so you know, like 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 so. I I, I like I say, I kind of I, I kind of half ass took Tanner serious until he started coming around with the camera and doing the interviews and 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 then right. then talking and to outside people. Hey, I need to meet up with you. You got, you got everyone. Ready. Your um, old manager, you know, your old, you know, A and R guy from back in the day, oh you know, gosh. you know, it's just well, like. Well, do you think was that the most difficult part was to get like track down all those people? Because I know you guys uh, had like a storage room or something, or storage container that got like taken, so you didn't have a lot of your old stuff, and like, so, yeah, or, or was it? I know they do a lot of this. You did a lot of the scheduling because a lot of the interviews were at your house. So what was? Because it's different no, than know, making like, an album. Um, so, <laughs> like, like you know what? Yes, but uh, you know, when I look at it in the grand scheme of things, I really didn't do anything. You know, I mean, Tanner did everything. <laughs> Tanner set everything up. Tanner made the phone calls. Tanner did the interviews. Like he would hit me up and say, "Hey, do you you know how I can get a hold of uh, a Bob Marquez? Or you know, do you know who can get me in touch with so and so and so and so?" Though you know, I mean, that's about. All I really did, you know, um, yeah, we we used our, you know, we rehearse. It, it, I have a spare bedroom that I, that I kind of turned into a. Right. It's a, a multi-purpose music. room, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. I, I think I, I saw I saw your interview with Sherman Jones, and he was talking about. Um, I think he was talking about. Uh, I know this is unrelated, but like he was recording around where like Megadeth was recording killing is my business or something like that. So you guys all uh -huh. like knew like everyone, right? So not to yeah. get off trap or off topic, but I, I did recently watch that interview with you and I think it was on Poppet's Corner with Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sherman. So, anyway, I, I call it the NPR and the reason I call it the multi-purpose room because my wife always says she calls it my room or the band room. And I says, you know, honey, you have as much access to this room as I do, because it's room. a multiple purpose room. You can go in there and you can work out. You want to fucking sit on the drum set and beat on them for a while. 18. You're more than welcome to do that. So anyway, um, um, now I need to get back on track. Uh, 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 so, yeah, we did all the interviews, you know, or most of them in, mm -hmm. in, in the room that we rehearse in. So, 
No, but that's so cool. That's just, that, but that was just that was just me having to be home. So, so it was easy. It was just, you just had to be it. home. That's how hard it was. <laughs> that's you know? the hardest part. But like I say, so hey, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I I did have. Yeah, Tanner's I, the man, dude. So yeah, yeah, he's definitely. Well, he man. is Tan the man. Tan the man. the man. And you know, so AC, I got, I actually got invited by by Tan the man uh, to view an initial screening at Angelo's house with the band, uh, some of their friends. It was a cool turnout. And <laughs> Angelo is responsible for the funniest story or line in the documentary. I'm not going to uh, spoil it now, but I did want to ask Angelo how he felt about that being um, kind of out there. You know what? <laughs> or, actually, or what were your thoughts on the whole, whole, whole thing that whole day? <laughs> well, I, I, so, so, um, the end of joke until uh, you're taking it, that it, out, right? <laughs> I, I, I do. I do have to tell you, we crammed, we crammed thirteen people, twelve or thirteen people in, in into my into my living room, which isn't small, but thirteen people is a lot of fucking. People. But I have yeah. a big giant TV. I, you know, I've got a, I've got a, it's a nice I, TV. I, I, I've got a, I've got a, a seventy-two inch flat screen on my wall, and um, and uh, it's. It's honestly probably too big for my living room, but um, um, it makes uh, watching sporting events a, a, a beautiful thing. Anyhow, um, so yeah, we all sat around here and 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 we watched it. And this is going to sound dumb, but <laughs> I thought, or, or or it felt like i was actually i had kind of a <clears throat> this and this is this is stupid i had kind of an out-of-body experience in right. the respects that i was watching a documentary like i like i like i had put it on netflix or i had right. put it on, on it wasn't like a home video or, or something of and like, i was watching yeah. a documentary about a band and i was like going wow it's professional, like, do, professionally like done. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, and 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 like I say, the reason that I'm so surprised was because being a part of it and kind of you know, um, you know, like trust me from the outside looking in, because Tanner did everything. I cannot stress that enough. Yeah. Um, um, Same. I watch. played like no role in it either. I'm just I'm just here for looks, apparently. Yeah, you know, but, <laughs> you know, but, he but, did but, everything. But, no, like, but, but but seriously, you know. <clears throat> watching the documentary and kind of watching him put it together i mean honestly and 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 no disrespect to tanner but this was his first time i thought it was going to be kind of eh, not not i don't want to say cheesy because i know that he put a hard a lot of hard work mm-hmm. into the interviews and, and well, there's a learning together. curve to anything new and but i thought i, I thought it would you know? be you know i thought it would be very low budge very um you know very kind of like yeah this you can tell that this is the first time the big wigs for this like that. No. and that's not how i walked away from this thing like, i'm not saying i'm a little bit partial because it, it was an interview about my band but like i say i had that like i had that that experience where like uh, that that wasn't me up on the screen that wasn't my bandmates so i'm on the screen that was just like a a a a a, a band documentary that i was watching yeah and that's just getting and, information and, 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 yeah and when i when 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 i had that feeling i thought to myself i was like oh holy shit this is like a real sorry about the cuss word again gosh darn it this is like a real thing you know and 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 i just looked at tanner and i was so proud of him because i was like oh wow 
I was like mocking him. I mean, the, the bass player of the <laughs> band he was going to do an, a, a documentary on literally mocked him and said, "Dude, I cannot believe you're going to waste your time on yeah on on this band." You know, I mean, guy, go 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 interview uh, uh, you, know, you know go go find you know go 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 interview like 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 Dark Angel or or, or you know <laughs> um, or, or you know and he could know, he or, could do those he's on a local on that. legend. Go interview DJ from the Metal Podcast. Yes. You know, yeah. Like, what are you doing wasting your time with us? You know, we're so dysfunctional sometimes. Um, that's everybody, but, though. But yeah. that's because, you know, we're, we're all 50 plus year old men with jobs and families and grandkids. And you got to balance and, all and, that. And like, that's so, like I say, so that's what makes us even more special um, is the fact that somebody who's decades years younger mm-hmm. than us you know is 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 that fascinated and and that interested in us so it really it, 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 like i say to me it's it's super super humbling um that 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 people even you know care about heretic in in 2023 but but i'm glad they do you know and and, and yeah. like i say that's that's why we continue to write music and 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 um and and try to stay relevant with the metal community. Oh, that's great. And I know like from your previous interviews, um, like I know Brian will write like around like 36 songs for an album. And then you don't like the songs that you don't use, you just flush them because in his thoughts, like if they're not good enough for the album, they're not like good songs or something. I thought that was kind of crazy. Do you guys? So I'll tell you what, Brian, Brian wrote for, for for this record. Um, he wrote probably what would have been my favorite song on the record. Um, really, and 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 we probably were. And so this this was this was oh this was maybe a year and a half ago. So it, it was it was a while back when we were putting you know like when we were really getting into the writing process. Um, our drummer said something. He goes. Oh yeah, he goes. This song reminds me of a Sacred Reich song. Da da da. And 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 Brian got this look on his face, and we never wanted to be on its own. Oh my gosh! Again, and I was like, I looked at Sean like, dude, <laughs> sure. are you serious? I I, I, I go. You can't but, say that around Brian. <laughs> see, and that's the thing. Me, Brian, Stu, and Julian. We've all mm-hmm. known each other for forty plus years goodness you know we've only known sean for well he's been in the band uh, se- uh seven years i'm gonna say just a little over seven years um and i met i first met him when he when he you know auditioned for the band so um um we still joke around and call him the new guy i mean even, even right. though it's it's, it's he's eight years in, but like i say the 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 four of us we just have a boatload of history with each other you know yeah so you know what to say what not to say what yeah all that stuff so but but like i say you know so but yeah um in my way which we played at the um we we played at malone's um Mm. a few weeks back when we did that show one of the songs off of the new record that song brian wrote when we were uh, writing songs for um, a time of crisis, which we released in 2012, so figure, you know, 2000 or you know, 2011 when we started right. uh, putting that record together, um, 
And it, like, across the board, just kind of got, like, meh type of, you know, like, you know, when he would present a song, we'd, you know, we'd well sit down, he'd play it, and we'd think, okay, and we'd start working on it. Well, this one just never, it didn't really move us. And okay. so it just got, kind of got pushed to the to the back burner of songs, you know, because hey, we had like, we, like, yeah, like DJ said, we probably had close to 40 songs. And, um, and it just got pushed to the back burner. And like, what we do, we just, we just play the songs and we'd like, like the ones that felt good to play, the ones that we felt had energy, the ones that we felt, you know, the ones that, 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 that we just were drawn to would be the ones that, that, that made it. Well, In My Way got passed over for um, uh, a, a, a game you cannot win. Okay. So um, I don't know what made that song so different that it made this record you know Interesting. but it's one of our favorite songs on the record you know it's funny how and that goes it almost got extinct and then it came back it really did like i say it it it, it, it <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. for two but but the fa- the fact that that it was still around after you know after uh 11 years you know the fact that 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 song kept coming up, like, well, hey, remember uh, in my way, and it just, and I don't know what changed about it, but I think, I think um, for this record, I think we were looking to 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 kind of broaden the metal spectrum. We wanted a little bit of everything. You know, we've got we've definitely got some thrash elements. Yeah. Um, although I don't ever, I don't consider heretic a thrash metal band i never did i've always thought that they were just like traditional you know classic metal 80s metal you know you know a- Me- metal is still a genre yes just heavy metal yeah um so because when, when we when we released when we released the time of crisis uh glenn rogers was the guitar player at the time and him and i were both in hyrax uh, dude, a hostile territory. I, I, this blew my mind. I'm just clicking around on Wikipedia. I didn't know you were in Hyrax, but like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that's yeah. my favorite Hyrax song. <laughs> uh, oh, awesome! Thank you. Yeah, um, the new but, age but, I of think, but I think the what fact is- that that Glenn coming from Hyrax and then and, the, and Deliverance band, I think people kind of uh, label Jesus you know, help me clean my wound. <laughs> yeah, you know, they 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 put the thrash metal label on on Heretic for um for a time of crisis and as much as I love thrash metal and as much as you know I mean I've I've been in thrash metal bands my whole life I mean Heretic is just like I say it's just it's classic it's it's heavy metal old know? school yeah. heavy metal as the right. kids and I, I say and I, I you know, like I say it's where yeah <laughs> that's cool I I wanted this record to have a little bit of everything you know so um in my way is definitely more of a of a uh, just kind of a, a a a traditional hooky. It's you know just it just got a hook to it. Um, uh, the well, if we le- and and if we learned anything from Blues Traveler, it's that the hook brings you back. <laughs> the hook definitely brings you something. But go on. I interrupted you to make a joke. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> It went right over my head. Thank you. You don't know that Blues Traveler song, Hook? No. Oh my gosh. How did you not live in 1994? 
my god um, i didn't right. either angelo so don't feel oh, no 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 you know i you know it, i i did i just i here I, all right i'm gonna give you a homework assignment a- after this uh you look up the song hook by blues traveler on youtube and then you're gonna say oh yes this song oh okay yeah it, yeah i'm gonna say i i i'm 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 sure i've probably heard it it's um, a very well, a, very but to, so to comment would... on that song, by the way, that song is basically about how pop music uh, lyrics don't matter. And uh, it, it's just pe- people like it because it, it sounds catchy and fun. It's a very mm. cynical and excellent song from a lyrical standpoint. All right. I'm going to do that right now. Well, I'm not going to YouTube it right now, but pull, I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to open the old, the old Google machine. Yeah. <laughs> Un- underrated song. It j- j- but look at the lyrics while you listen to it. It's interesting. But go on. As you, as you were saying, before we started talking about blues traveler. I thought you were talking about blues clues. That's a, di- that's a different show. Mm. Blues traveler is, is the band where the guy had a heart attack while masturbating. You didn't uh, die from that? He didn't die, but he had a heart attack. <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, I, I, I it, you know, I'm, uh, like I say, I'm familiar with the, 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 the name. Like I said, yeah, I, I, you know, what's so funny in the nineties, probably the early two thousands. Well, let's say from, from, from 1998 to 2003, I didn't touch a guitar. I kind of once 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 Reverend once Reverend kind of disband like you know um, uh, Dave Wayne went did his own thing and then the four of us we we kind of continued on as a couple different bands we were we were a band called Seed for a while and then we we changed the name to evolution overdrive that lasted for probably about maybe six months to a year and then just it just kind of like we all kind of it just kind of fizzled out you know um and i i don't know i I just i was tired i was tired of 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 music i was tired of of trying to I, i you can't see my finger but i'm doing the quote sign with my fingers make it you know um it just got to be too much, and so I I pretty much walked away from everything music. You know, um, my daughter once she started becoming like a a preteen into a teenager, kind of got me back into music again because she was listening to um, uh, like the Lincoln Parks and new metal, the, uh, and then she um, was into like some of like the 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 newer hardcore stuff like like Casey Jones and uh the guy from Ninja Flat. Turtles? <laughs> you know, yeah. Some sort of punk, right? And and and, and so she kind of like you know, like so I started taking her to concerts and and I was like, uh, you know what, blah, blah blah and then like out of the blue, just out of the blue, Glenn Rogers calls me one day. Hey dude, long time I haven't talked to Glenn in ten years. Listen, you know, out the, listen, Angelo. Out the blue calls me up and just says, "Hey, guy, hey, dude, but you know, blah blah blah." We're, we're chatting. He goes, "He goes, hey, do you still play?" 
and I said, no, dude, I haven't played in like five years. Kind of told him the story, blah, blah, blah. He goes, he goes, well, he goes, I just joined a band and, and, um, and, and we're getting ready to go to Germany and do a festival. And when we come back, we're, we're letting our bass player go. I want to know if you were in, would be interested in joining. And I was like, that sounds like fun, dude. But like I said, I haven't played in a long time and, 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 and I don't know. So he goes, he goes, I'm going to, he goes, give me your address. I'm going to, I'm going to mail you a, uh, uh, a, a guitar, uh, a CD. A CD. <laughs> no, I, I wish. He goes. No, he goes. I'm gonna mail you a CD uh, of, of of songs. There's like nine, ten songs on there. Just just learn the first three songs, and um, when we get back, we'll talk. So okay. So a couple days later, I get this this package in the mail, and I put it on, and it and it said it said Hyrax set list, and I went. Hyrax. I'm thinking in my head, Hyrax. I was like, oh, that 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 that, that thrash band from like the. So I put this thing on, and I'm just going. I go, no way. There's absolutely there's no way. I I can't. There's no way I can play that. I you know I haven't played in forever. You know, um. So they get back from Germany about you know, about a week later, week and a half later, and Glenn calls me up. He goes. Hey, did you get a chance to listen to that CD? I said, yeah. I go, dude, you didn't tell me it was Hyrax. He goes, yeah. He goes, I, I, you know, just anyway. So I go, dude, that's no way, dude. I goes, I can't play like that. I mean, that 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 music is like thrash. I, you know, I couldn't play that fast if I even tried. He's like, oh, dude. He goes, give it another listen and just learn a couple songs. And I went, you know what? All right, fine. So... I ended up learning the first three songs, and I said, "F it, ha ha!" Thank you. I said, <laughs> "My pleasure." I, I thought I'd point that out. I was pretty proud of myself right there at that moment. I, mm. you know, so I said, "You know what? I learned all ten songs or nine, ten songs, whatever was on there. I learned the whole thing." <laughs> and I said, "Wow!" I go, "This was kind of cool." So I called Glenn. I go, "Hey, dude." That audition thing, you know, or whatever. I go, I want to set it up. So we go, we go down. Well, we play the first three songs. And they're like, oh, oh cool. We don't, don't. I go, I go, I learned the whole CD if you want to play it. So we ended up playing the the entire set. And they did the whole thing like, like, it, it, can you excuse us for a minute? So they all leave the room and I'm packing up my gear and stuff like that. And they come back and said, We've got two more auditions, but we're thinking about canceling them if you just want to join the band. And I was like, wow, yeah. And that was 2003. And here I am. And I, and I you know, at, at the time, I, I, I thought there's no way I'm going to be 59 years old and still playing in a metal band. Here you are. And in a documentary, too. <laughs> insane. In, in, absolutely insane. And, so, um, and a new album, too, coming out. <clears throat> yeah, the, the, the new album thing, you know, uh, uh, we're label-less at the moment. So, um, Do people need a label at this point? Like, this is a serious uh, question. Because uh, I, I have an album. I have an album coming out. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll probably be out in, in two weeks. Whoa, really? Yeah. And the, the thing is, 
you you used to need a, a label because you needed someone to pay for your studio time and you needed someone to pay for your album pressing. But now almost mm-hmm. everything is digital. Yeah, and and the tools to record your own music or even shoot your own music videos that's all yeah. affordable and accessible and like you don't know how to run a camera well you can there's a youtube video like oh you don't know how to use ableton mm-hmm. well here's a here's a youtube video like all all the the tool you know what we're at the point where you could probably teach someone how to do an appendectomy with a youtube video (laughs) (laughs) and that's not even a a liposuction no you're 100 right because you know what i fixed my dryer you did an appendectomy i I, I, I pulled up a youtube video on how to you know like i you know what was wrong with my uh, i'm I'm sorry my washing machine it's a slab leak (laughs) and i figured out it was the pump on the back and 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 it showed me how to you know take the pump off and what to do and stuff but but yes yes um so back to the question um who's going to uh, yes we're recording our you own need record. a label we're yeah. paying for it. so yes why do we why do we need a record label um most it does help for promotion yes yeah, promotion and distribution because none of us have basically the time, you know. Like I said, because we all that's Tanner. That's Tanner. You know, yeah, to do promotion. Tanner. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, you know he he's he's. A Does machine. Tanner have his own label yet? He has Pop um, Productions. He has a. I don't know. Yeah, he's got. His, I know. Yeah, he's got his own production, but I don't know about. He should have his own label. label. But, but no, I, that's I'm what sure he should he be getting will. into. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he will one day. Well, you know, he needs to get on that. That that'll be a good thing for him. And then he but can like I say, put that, your thing out. That's that's the main mm-hmm. thing for us. Like I say, because we're we're all, you know, like I say, we're 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 all so busy in our lives, especially at this stage in our lives, you know, um, that none of us would really have the time. Like like you know, like who would, uh, you know, obviously we would have to look for you know at, at least distribution of of everything but um none of us would, would really have the time to, to you know to sit at a computer or you know um manage um the shipping um the you know the logistics of everything it's just it's a lot it's a lot so th- that's one of the reasons that 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 we're, you know, we're looking for, you know, representation to, uh, you know, help us with all that. No, I understand that. Cause I, I, I've been, I, cause I, I've been thinking about that and there, there was a, a, a label that I was looking at to maybe put my stuff out on, but you lose a lot of freedom because the thing is, let's, let's say you're going to be on like, you know, capital or, you know, uh, Geffen or, uh, yeah, yeah. American or something like a big label. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get a little more freedom or not really so much more freedom. You actually probably get less freedom, but you're going to, you're going to make more money doing like going through one of those labels. If you know, if they do pick you up, which these days probably not going to happen for, and no. I, and I don't mean just for you, but I mean for everyone that's trying to, to do metal. Um, like the, the biggest metal 
records? Is, is it is it just nuclear blast at this point? Uh, or, or Century blast. Media? Is Century it, Media is still Roadrunner? Um, I mean, there's 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 still a few, and uh, like we we approached we approached everybody uh, when we when we released um, um, a game you cannot win, and a company out of England, uh, Dissonance Productions. Um, picked us up, put it out. Um, they did a good job of distribution. They work with a, they were the company called Plastic Head, which is a, 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 a one of Europeans, one of Europe's largest distributors of music merchandise. Everything from you know music to T-shirts to you know, like everything. You know they're huge. Um, um, poor sales. Poor performance, but I also didn't think we were promoted properly. It was mostly, you know, uh, uh, social media um, ads, and that only hits a certain amount of people. Well, it um, does. It does hit people that are willing to buy stuff because that—that's the thing. Is the the record industry is not what it was a long time ago, and that's because people are not what they were a long time ago. So mm-hmm. now they, they, they really look at social media and, and engagement to, to gauge someone's popularity. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. because that, that's where people are. Cause if you put up a bunch of flyers around town, people aren't going to walk around and say, Hey, look, there's this band is going to be here. Let's go check that out this weekend because less people are just walking around towns because homeless people yeah. oh. will be on meth and stab them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, no. The, 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 those days, those days are, are, are long gone. Yeah. And, and those days yeah, will yeah, never that, come you know, back. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was our way of, that was our, social media back in the eighties, you know, well, because people used to go out and, and and then like you could, you you see that these flyers and you would be one of those people and you'd be like, okay, cool. Because you can't go on your Twitter and find out, Oh, when Mm -hmm. is this band playing? But you know that there's stuff happening. So you go, okay, we're near the whiskey. Let's, let's see uh, what's, what's going on. Like you, you go out and, and you, you seek it out. Where now yeah, people don't know it's there. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's, and that's the problem is metal has been buried and people are trying to dig it up. They just don't know where the excavation sites are. That that's the actual conundrum because a, a lot of these bands and like, like my favorite artist of all time, weird Al Yankovic, they, <laughs> They they're still around despite everything, and they're like so few other genres have the people that like they were popular once, and then they're they're still around. Because when I bring up that Blues Traveler song mm-hmm. in the nineties, there there were so many one hit wonders, like, and so many bands. Maybe they weren't one hit wonders, but they were a flash in the pan. Like Hootie and the Blowfish was really popular. <laughs> For a very brief window in time, well, like, Darius Rucker is a country singer now, or well, country he, pop, or whatever. Darius Rucker has had somewhat of a resurgence as a as a country singer, but it's not like Hootie and the Blowfish broke up two years after their big album, and then he was a successful country singer from then. Like 
most of these bands, they, they came and went and nobody talks about them anymore, but people still come back to the, the, the metal well, like, and, and, and these bands that, like, you know, they're people that are, you know, in their fifties and they're still playing and they have documentaries made about them. Like who, who's making the documentary on a D light? Like what's the story of groove is in the heart. Nobody cares. <laughs> and no one's ever going to care. Like no one's going to care about the band that did cotton eye Joe. <laughs> that's funny you he, always hear that too <laughs> yeah and no i would say oh people God. probably don't even know the name of that band no i don't know the name of it exactly it's red no, <laughs> yeah and it's spelled <laughs> n-e-x well they're from like oh, sweden or norway yeah. they're they're no not way. actually <laughs> like appellations that's funny <laughs> yeah kind of yeah but nobody nobody cares about that stuff and, and even like like disco acts and even a lot of motown Cause there's still some Motown stuff that it's pretty timeless and people still like it, but there, they were so, there were like millions, maybe not millions, but there were like thousands of those artists and they're all, they all had one song that was big. And then the next week, a new song came out and then everyone forgot about them, but people are still you know trying with metal. You know what? You don't see their fans wearing battle jackets. That too. We have had a, uh, not necessarily a debate, but a topic about if we've seen uh, like band t-shirts or if you ever go out and see uh, a Drake shirt or the weekend shirt, but we always see, you know, like a Metallica shirt or Motorhead, Motorhead, even exactly, especially like, especially when, you know, you know, when you see Rihanna wearing like a, like a, 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 Guns N' Roses shirt, or or or, or like you know, like like a Megadeth or something like that. You're just like going, uh, yeah, but yeah. Like I say, you name you, three you, songs. I can I can never, explain I can explain that. But no, but you, I mean, you'd never see uh, Dave Mustaine or 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 oh, yeah, exactly. You know, Where are we on a shirt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you, you know? don't see normal people wearing that. So yeah, yeah. There no, was exactly. a there was a thing maybe like two thousand eight or nine around there where um. Victoria Beckham was wearing a bonded by blood shirt and no so, yeah, I think I, well, I think I remember that. Yeah. This was a big deal. Cause people thought that she was a, a secret heavy metal fan, but it turned I out it was, was cool. no, it well, yeah, it was actually a trend to wear eighties metal shirts. Yeah. She didn't know who the band was. She just, if that was nice. a trend. Yeah. And people thought like, Oh man, Victoria Beckham likes, exodus well that's a big deal and she probably got it at some high-end fashion place up and up in melrose for like like 125 dollars oh probably <laughs> and, and they and they bought it direct from from exodus's merch store for you know for ten dollars or whatever or something <laughs> yeah and they just actually supporting it. the band <laughs> well, that, that it did support it. I'm sure it was a licensed shirt. I'm, I'm sure the band got a cut of it, but yeah, they, they marked it up. I, I'm sure there, there's probably not much of a license that you need. You just like buy it wholesale and then you're allowed to sell it because it, it was an official shirt, but he's, he's probably right that like, I don't know, like Barney's of New York or Neiman Marcus was probably <laughs> sell like you could buy like a bonded by blood shirt, hundred bucks. 
Well, probably not Gucci. Probably more like a department store. Like Gucci generally only sells Gucci, but but uh, something that, that where clothes cost as much as stuff at Gucci. Yeah, like 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 Nordstrom's or yeah, that makes sense. Saks Fifth Avenue or something yep, like that. Yep, yeah, probably one of one of those places. And you you could buy a. I actually bought an Allison Chain shirt from a, a Bloomingdale's once. It was funny because I cause, really? uh, yeah because uh, I used to. I I worked at the mall that it was at, and then I used to just like walk through and I and I was um I was friendly with the guy that he managed, like the the men's fashion thing, mm-hmm. you know. And I always and I always wore my band shirts, and then he's like, "Hey, do you like Allison Chains?" I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "We have the these Allison Chain shirts that we just can't sell, and they're like, like they're on like super clearance just for <laughs> ten bucks." And he showed it to me. I'm like, "Oh, sure, I'll you know." I'll buy that for ten dollars, and I, I, I'm sure they were selling it for like eighty or ninety bucks. I mean, it was a decent shirt; it looked cool and it was nice. I was like, "All right," but yeah, I bought an Allison Chain shirt from Bloomingdale's. Nice, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure, I'm sure if you go in, um, uh, I'm sure if you go in a lot of those stores, you know, I shop online, so I, I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't even tell you what it looks like inside of a, 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 a mall or a shopping center anymore. But, oh, um, do people go in there anymore? Go there, get know. robbed. I don't. I don't know. There is an interesting YouTube series. It's called Dead Malls. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. And this guy just he goes to these malls in these areas and it, and explains like what happened to them and like why why they're not um, commercial Blaming. anymore. Yeah, and they'll be like, oh yeah, so you know this. This person would did this, and one day this horrific incident happened, and then people stopped coming. It was just like a bunch of those. Like he went to one mall oh, in great. Baltimore once, and it like it looked like like it was like Night of the Living Dead. There, it was like, it was really scary. I know but we brought it up before, but it was like there's that South Park episode where they super go cool to, to like the old no, they go. Um, to all these old malls because they're like what did we used to do like before the internet and they're like we used to get stuff at the mall and then they go and it's all like <laughs> all these crazy people are there and a bunch of homeless people and there's like overgrown like trees inside the mall yet yeah, have you seen that it was that no. the one where the internet was out i think so it might have been yeah I, I don't remember that one i think I it's think. an amazon one or maybe it was walmart i don't know there's probably an Amazon one where like Amazon was down because there's that one where they were wearing the Bane masks because they thought like all the Amazon men were having sex with their wives because the wives were always so happy to see the Amazon man, but really they were just happy to get their packages from Amazon. <laughs> it could have been, been that one. I think I think the episode is called Insecurity. But yeah, it's but that but that's another thing is is just. Uh, the mall, malls aren't coming back, and that is very much a product of the '80s. And that's what and metal really is. It, it is like when you think of like, like what are things from the '80s, and and me- like metal is one of them. But right. like people are trying to make it stick, but the the powers that be are are trying to make sure it doesn't. And that that's that's the that's the key difference is that that organically it is growing 
but the the people the all the record companies are doing what they can to to make sure it doesn't grow because it's very clear from all the people that we've talked about on this show they are trying their hardest to make them the 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 only options that people have like they they want very specific things like they don't want variety from people and they they want they want people to live under this depressing brutalism where where all everything you buy comes from Amazon the only music you listen to is Travis Scott, Nicki Minaj, Lizzo <laughs> and Doja Cat and also by the way I was looking up Doja Cat earlier and her first tour was uh, supporting Lizzo Oh, of course <laughs> it, it's it's literally it's all it's all the same people yeah and and people love going to live shows and you have the, the best energy at a metal show. Like, and maybe oh, there's, and maybe there's, and maybe there's some people out there that'll say like, you know, you got good energy at a rap show, but people get shot at those regularly. People don't really oh, get yeah. shot at metal shows. Or and, a and, microphone thrown at your face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want a microphone thrown at my face. But you're like, and, and all, and the same thing, like with punk shows is like, you, you're not going to get shot or stabbed, but some idiot is probably going to like sucker punch you. Spit on you. They're, they're probably or, spit or on you. Spit. Yeah. Or you have to smell them and they, and they smell terrible. So it's, 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 and, but going to punk shows, it is a good time, but like the, the, the sweet spot is, is, is the thrash metal show. That's where you're going to get the the best energy. That's the best time. And I I remember the the first show that the DJ and I played when we when we ditched uh let's say for the sake of argument the uh, dead weight and boy there was a <laughs> lot of it. And yes. uh, uh that was when a, a lot of people came and we got a lot of praise there and a lot of friends that listen to industrial they're like wow that was awesome and one guy said yeah you're really good i said you like the music and he said no but you guys play very well so like even people that didn't like the music liked the live show and now you know what go ahead because you think i mean think about most shows like like uh, and i'm gonna use dark angel again as another example because you know they were dormant for a while and um uh their show was just 100% energy um and when you when you put off that energy on stage the crowd feels it and the crowd just goes you know absolutely ballistic and that's kind of where you get your energy back, you know? You know when you're on stage and you can feel the crowd and oh, yeah. it just makes your performance even that much much mm. better? Um, metal bands are more often than not much tighter, you know? Um, just you, you, you lock in, you know? Just the, the, the music, just the mu- music, metal music moves people. And, you know, it, like I say, it, it moves me while I'm playing it, you know, because watching, you know, feeling the reciprocating feelings from the crowd when you get that, that, that back and forth, like, you know, they're into it, you're, you're into it. Um, 
metal shows speak to people. You know, I've been to other shows. You know, I've, I've been to a couple. You know, like I say, I've taken my daughter to quite a few shows throughout the years. Um, it was mostly the metal hard rock shows were the ones that like really you could see the the crowd interacting and and moving and 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 just getting into it. Mm, yeah. Um, I, I haven't been to too many like regular rock and roll shows. I I've seen bands that we could describe as like boomer rock, like bands that sound like that seventies rock. And it's not the same. Like it's probably appealing when you're in high school in 1974, when you're high and with all of your friends, <laughs> like it, it takes a very like specific amount of parameters to set. Cause, cause Led Zeppelin, like may, you know, maybe take uh, John Paul Jones, Jimmy page and, um, and, and John Bonham are one thing, but Robert plant was notoriously terrible as a live singer. But if you're with your friends and you're high and you know, you're ready for a good time. That doesn't sound that bad. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's more about the environment. It's like going right, to right. a bar to have a beer. It's like, I'm not going here because I can't get beer anywhere else. I'm going to, to be with my other friends in this place where metal, like I would go to metal shows by myself and then, and have a good time. And like, you meet people there, you talk to them. Did you go to those shows that we went to with, um, uh, it was Vader and, um, oh my gosh, what's the, what's the band? The, I don't think the, I've seen Vader. Oh my gosh. What was that band called? It was the Florida band. They had, um, they called Dooms, Doomsday X. Was that the album? The song's called Cauterized. No. Suffocation's probably from Florida. Are they from New York? Maybe. I thought they were from Florida. They sound, I'm pretty sure they're, thought they were from. What are you thinking of? It doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, um, but, um, you're not talking about Nile. No, not Nile. No, it's, it was uh, like an eighties band. Yeah, I knew it, but no, it was, it was another band, but, um, the original singer for our band, he used to tour with the, um, the band that the guitar tech for this band was in. I can't remember. I know they, they have a song called cauterized. Uh, that band was called, um, cult of Azazel. And that's oh, a, yeah. that's a, that's a really good band. And their drummer was the drum tech for cannibal corpse. And he looked like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, Deicide? No, 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 no. It's like, like, de- like if, if we, if we were to, to look at bands like, like A-List, you know, like, you know, Metallica, Megadeth or A-List, like Exodus would be like Mm B-List. And then we'll, Mm -hmm. you know, we'd go from there. This would like Deicide, Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel, though, like those are A-List death metal bands. This band would be considered like a C-List. Okay. They, I know they have a song. I just remember they have a song called Cauterized. But uh, I, I know that w- their guitar player was wasted for one of their photo shoots for an album. So they had their, gu- they had their sound guy 
stand in for the album and they photoshopped the other guy's face over him later. So there's some, <laughs> there's some inside baseball on that band. Dang it. I want to say doomsday X is the album. So, you know, anyone, uh, malevolent creation. Gosh, dang it. All right. Yeah. Malevolent creation. There we go. Yeah. 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 I did it. Yeah. So there's some, there's some inside baseball. Yeah, they're from Florida. Most death metal bands are from Florida, apparently. Well, death was. And I, I kind of, I don't know. I'd kind of put Malevolent Creation on that 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 B-ish level. I'm, I'm maybe B minus, B minus, C plus. <laughs> like, and and I'm talking about popularity, not like how good the band oh, is. Good, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just talking about like just oh, just popularity. yeah yeah yeah. I mean, no no. Malevolent yeah, Creation is a good band. That is a solid good band. I'm just talking about is because there 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 was no real like mega superstar death metal band like cannibal corpse and and death clock are the two highest selling death metal bands Napalm and one death? is no and, and, then, and look, they're and still then, technically grand death death themselves <laughs> you know they well they haven't sold they haven't sold as much as those two bands no no but i'm just saying you know like bands, i'm just i'm just know. talking success okay yeah but yeah, like, you know, actual you like know. albums sold and, and whatnot you know, had Chuck if Chuck Schuldiner was still around. Um, um, I I actually don't think so. I I th I think Chuck Schuldiner had such a bad reputation with people that it probably would have been his own downfall. I think he'd be around, but I don't think he would have been as revered. Because I I I think that you know he probably would have his like resurgence. Because a lot of metal had its resurgence. In, yeah. in the the mid two thousands, in two thousand four, and that's right? and that's, yep. that's, that's kind of like what I mean. For fuck's sake, and 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 we had it, for I'm sorry. Uh, I had this conversation with 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 a, a good friend and a guitar player friend of mine. Uh, you remember John Cyrus? That name sounds Agent, familiar. Agent Agent uh, Agent Steel. Agent Steel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Agent of Steel. He, you know, <clears throat> he's another one of those um, um, extremely eccentric type of people um, uh, that could have, you know, like that could have been bigger than they were. Can you explain what the aliens card is? The the alien card. Apparently, that's why he was fired from Megadeth. Hmm. I, yeah i don't know that that's that's his his reason for being fired from megadeth was because dave was against the idea playing of the playing aliens, the card. aliens card yeah what, what, <laughs> apparently he had a fascination with uh with aliens and the extra trash or yeah the, um is that what rust in peace is about then no rust in peace <laughs> is about a weapon that, that that's that's a whole other conversation Okay. All right. So, all right. He's just, that, that's his thing, you know, and that's, and that's, that's a thing. Some people have a thing that they're into. Like we all have our thing. That's like, this is my thing. Yeah. Um, what's that one bit hypocrisy? Like they're all about mm. like alien stuff. That band's not very good though. That band started out. Okay. And they got pretty bad. 
Yeah, but yeah, a- Agent Agent Steel is another one of those bands. It's it's, it's just kind of like you hear them and you're like, why is this band not more popular? And a lot of people are their own worst enemy. And I, I think Chuck Schuldner was. And him dying early also kind of prevented that negative reputation from really taking over. Because at the end of the day, if no one wants to work with you, it, it doesn't matter how how great you are. And, and, there, and there's a lot yeah. of bands out there. Where, like, yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about this earlier today (laughs) well i I was thinking about this earlier today because the the first real show that i went to like this is like this is everything else was you know practice it was megadeth on the blackmail the universe tour and nick menza was supposed to be in the band like he was supposed to be the drummer for that tour and and Mm -hmm. the, the reason given was he wasn't physically fit i believe the, the rumor going around was that he was like too trashed from drug use. And, the, and that was the problem. But, uh, I think Nick Menza probably should have been the drummer on that tour. If not, they should have just got back Jimmy DeGrasso. And the reason I say this is because Chris Poland played on the system has failed. It has failed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and and for all the, the praise that Marty Friedman gets as, because Marty Friedman is basically Megadeth's guitar player. When you think of like, who, who guitar, is yeah. like the, who, who created that, that defining sound for the Megadeth lead. It's Marty Friedman, but Chris Poland was not just some guy. Chris Poland is an excellent musician. Like he was not just like, Someone like Jeff Young was basically just brought in. Like, I, I want to say he was like someone's guitar teacher. It was just like, we need a, we need a body. Like you're in the band now, but Chris Poland should have been in the band and Dave should have made good with David Ellison. Because like Megadeth now is just, is old Dave and friends. <laughs> it, <laughs> It's, it's, it's really, it's not, it's not Megadeth anymore. And, and I, and I've, I've made this cope for years. Like, well, you know, it's always been Dave and but really it, that's all it is. It's, it's, it's just a cope. Cause I, re- I remember that Kiss did a tour in like 2004 or something around there and poison opened. And at the time Ace Freely and Peter Chris weren't in the band. And then there were still people saying like, well, that's not kiss. Cause it's not, but you know, those, those guys were out of the band longer than they were in the band, but people still saw kiss as Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Ace Freely, and Peter Chris where Metallica it, and they do get some slack because their bass player passed uh, tragically but it, they've they've kept most of their lineup. The thing they did with Jason Newsted was, was still kind of unforgivable. But <laughs> but really, like they've they've kept the like the the core of who they are, which is James Kirk and Lars, as insufferable yeah, yeah. as Lars is. But like they're, <laughs> that's still Metallica. Where I'll, and. My my point is that Dave has always been his own worst enemy. 
he worse than Chuck where, where Chuck, Chuck was like an egomaniac. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing because he was one of the best musicians to wield a guitar. And he was an excellent songwriter and player. Mm -hmm. And he was a good lyricist. And it's very clear that he looked down his nose to people that were not <laughs> on his level. And most people weren't on his level. Right. No, and, no. and I, and I, and I think it's fine to, you know, to, to praise yourself, you know, like if you're good at something, acknowledge that that is, that is something that is missing, but you have to have some humanity because we are all humans and some people have limitations and, you know, some people are better than others at other things, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean you are better. Now, granted, if you suck at everything and someone's good at everything, well, that person that's good at everything is better than the person that sucks at everything. But because you're good at guitar does not mean that you're better than people in general. And, um, I think his early death was, was, uh, gave him more reputation just like it did with Kurt Cobain, who I think is, uh, mostly talentless. He is on our, uh, overrated list. Yeah. With, and uh, the episode with Tanner. And we did find a very interesting song where an AI created a Nirvana song and it sounds exactly like Nirvana. Really? <laughs> I sent it to you. Remember? Oh Drown, yeah. Drown in the sun. See, you already forgot it. That's how much it yeah, sounded it like a Nirvana song. <laughs> exactly. The impact that it left on you. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Big, well, because, because Nirvana is lyrics that mean nothing and power chords and there's no real energy to it. So, and, and that was the biggest rock band in the world at the time. And mm -hmm. And Kurt Cobain died in, in his twenties. So his reputation, I think got to outlast him. I think you're right. And I, and I think a similar thing happened with Chuck Schuldner because like every album is like a new lineup. I think was, was yeah. Gene Hogland uh, no. the only like consistent member and he wasn't even a consistent member. He was just in on more right. than one album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. He, cause he definitely came in later, later on. Yeah. He came in yeah, in the nineties, I believe. Mm hmm. Which was, you know, that was probably when Chuck Schuldner was kind of like, all right, this is the sound that I want. And that's when people were starting to go like, this is like kind of weird. And he's like, well, you don't like it. Get out. <laughs> and Gene Ogland is a death clock, right? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, but I, uh, but I think when you, when you got a, when you've got a drummer like that, um, um, who's got impeccable timing, who, who just, you know, who, who uses who can play like these these just amazingly difficult time signatures and stuff like that oh, yeah. um you know i think he's he, he was the perfect drummer for for that band and i don't think um you know he weren't going to get any better than that so I, I i think gene definitely you know i don't want to say got a pass but i think chuck I, knew that he had I, I think chuck knew that he had like that's the guy right there you know so 
I'll, I'll, I'll and the team lasts on, that long. Use everybody else. But yeah, I, I yeah. actually I have that same theory. But um, yeah, but eventually you went to to Richard. Uh, uh, so could could you answer something for me? I I heard I, this rumor a long time ago, and I and now I'm like, there's no way this is true. Is Gene Hogland blind? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I this is something I heard a long time ago. Is that he's like <laughs> legally blind because someone really? like threw something in his face, and I was like, "What is that true?" And I was never able to. And this was like pre-internet, where you could just look it up. But that was well, something it's, that it's, I heard. It's true until proven wrong. Yeah. Well, apparently no, no, it's no, just no. proven wrong. Uh-oh. No, he he actually well uh so he he lives down in San Diego. That's where he calls home. So when uh when the band rehearse for for you know for for tours or for shows or something like that, they usually do it up in the LA area because because everybody has to fly in. Um uh Ron lives in Arizona. Uh, Mike lives in New Mexico. They all kind of like live spread out, so they all have to you know come in for rehearsals anyway. But um, so, but he was driving up from San Diego to L.A. to rehearse, and uh, if he was blind, I think that would be a bit of an issue. Might be. I can. See that. <laughs> I mean, what was it? What? Gosh, I want to say there was a movie where someone had to like, drive. Oh yeah, it's um, there's that movie where Rutger Hauer is a ninja. Or he's, or he's like a swordsman, but he's blind. But there's a scene where he drives a car, and <laughs> but he's like, but he's blind, and he's just like driving down like a busy street. I think someone's like telling you what to do. I don't remember. I saw the movie a long time ago. It was it was actually pretty good. But that was that was the one thing I remember from it. It's the, the he's playing a blind swordsman and he's driving a car. So unless you know. Like Gene Hoglin has so much rhythm, like he can pick up like the start and stops of like cars and stuff. So <laughs> that's cr- that 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 would be fascinating. <laughs> he's just lying to everyone and just like pretending he can see everything, but he's like Daredevil. Daredevil. <laughs> just get on the freeway and just like, all right, I'm gonna put on cruise control and just we'll see what happens. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm just looking at Agent Steele's wiki now. Like, oh look at that, James Murphy was in the band. Yeah, James Murphy, <laughs> who was also in Death <laughs> once. Yeah, and Testament. Well, yeah. In all fairness, wasn't he Eugene in Gene Hoglan? Wasn't James Murphy on two Testament albums? I know the I know, Gathering. I know he was on the Gathering. I know he said he he doesn't remember it because of his tumor. Oh geez. Yeah. As far as I know, he's still alive. Is he? He's not blind. Well, you don't know that. Oh, okay. There's just like a there's just like does a secret it, society. There's like a secret. <laughs> uh, uh, Angelo is James Murphy blind? Is there a secret society of blind metal musicians that we just don't know about? No, you just made this. I may be blind for all you guys know. Oh yeah, okay. Ha! James Murphy was also on the low. I knew it. Yeah. Well, are you blind? Well, that would explain. Uh, you know, it took you so long to, to get into the chat. There you go, right? I was like, okay, wh- which button is it again? I, I did. I'm like, we're, we're like telling you what to do. You're like, I can't see what, but I, I, <laughs> I can't see the buttons to press. What's wrong with you? 
Like, just press the button in front of your face. Like, I don't know what's in front of my face. I can't say. But man, I, I love Woe. That's a good album. Maybe we'll talk about it. a good we'll, album. We'll talk about uh, second string uh, Testament releases. All right, I, I that that's all the time we got. So, Angelo, do you want to you want to plug anything before DJ takes us home? Um, you know, I'd I'd like to. Well, no, no, I don't really want to plug anything other than um uh, uh, than my good friend Tanner Poppet, who who put hours and hours and hundreds and hours and 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 miles on his car and 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 uh, uh, all the hard work that he put into uh this documentary which uh um the world premiere screening is september 15th um it's sold out so tickets aren't available um uh we all would like to you know thank everybody who purchased tickets um who are going to be there it's going to be a special occasion um we're looking forward to sharing that with everybody and then just finishing up the new record um it's going to be called um uh, Shape of Things to Come, uh, 12 songs, uh, everything are, is basically done except for vocals. We've got a few leads to to finish up, um, and then get Julian in there to lay down the vocals, and then um, we'll have a completed record. And like I said, look for, look for distribution. You know, we're hoping to do it through a label, you know, so they can just, like, do it for us. <laughs> but... Um, We'll see what happens. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. But we're definitely excited um, uh, to unleash the new music. Like I say, uh, I know DJ's heard a couple songs. Um, yep. and we played them. We played uh, two songs uh, the other week uh, at our performance at Malone's or uh, uh, Stages. Stages, yeah. And um, uh, looking forward to uh, um, uh, sharing the uh, the other ten with with the rest of the world. Yeah, we we can't wait. And Angelo, thank you so much for hopping on with us. You had a great time. And, you know, anytime you you got time, we want to have you on. And, you know, if you're going to do something, you know, be committed to it. And, you know, people will tell you not to do it. Um, Even the people you're even trying to do something on or to help, they're going to tell you not to do it. But, you know what, be committed to something. Do it to your best ability. You know, even if you haven't done it before, just like Tanner hadn't done a documentary before, he, he did it professionally. He did it with passion, and he he made something um, not out of nothing, but it was all there. But you know, he he put in a lot of hours, a lot of time, and and really happy that you know him doing so got us all connected. Um, and you know, thank you again, everyone, for listening to the Metal Podcast. You can catch Angelo um, at the premiere. We got a lot of things coming. I'll be at the premiere. I'm super excited and. You know, thanks again, everyone, and stay safe out there.